Welcome to the Can of Spam Podcast, your weekly serving of nincompoopisms and absolute buffoonery. And don't forget the dad jokes and poop stories. Let's get it. Welcome back, spammers. This is another episode of your favorite podcast on the planet, the Can of Spam podcast. I am here with my co-host, the Poopitarian. How are you doing, friend? I am doing freaking uh, fantastic. <laughs> so we do not have a guest this week because uh, let's just face it, we're, we're kind of lazy bums this week. But we're going to make this happen with just the two of us and hopefully we can entertain you guys for about an hour or so. Um, what do we got on the schedule today, Nick? Well, I want to just kick off really fast with a um, a review. If you're whatever format you're listening on, um, just give us five stars and write a review. But I want to thank Nicole two five eight. She says my favorite people. <gasps> she says great, funny content. They are amazing people in real life. Oh, hmm. so this is somebody we know, or this is somebody that hmm. you know? Do I yeah, know a Nicole? And, I, and I, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, who's Nicole? And I feel awful that they don't act that I'm not realizing who that actually is. Well, if they if Nicole listens to this episode, this is probably the last episode she'll hear because she'll realize that we just forgot about the her entire existence. Right. And um, if you're out there listening, Nicole, and you do know me in real life, um, maybe just let me know that um, that I forgot about you. <laughs> All right, here's here's what we got on the docket for our show today. We're going to just jump in with the old classic debate of, um, I guess I'll just say it. Or no, I don't want to say it. I'll, I'll wait a second. We, we got a little classic debate we're going to jump into. Kavika and I are just going to weigh in on our thoughts. From there, we're then going to dive into three different, um, what would you call these things, Kavika? Uh, it's like a break it down segment, I think. I think we got a couple topics for break it down. Sounds good. And then we also have a, there is a bidet job on the market and we are going to dive into this. We're yeah. going to get wet and that figure out what this topic. job's all about. And then we also have a, Kavika has a really good story. I don't want to say funny. It's a, it's we'll, a weird one. Oh, we're going to make it funny. Uh, Kavika's got a story he's going to share. And then we got some, we got some humble brags we want to throw at you guys this week. And you're going to vote on who did, who is, who did better. And then we're going to end with stick around. You're going to want to listen to the end of this podcast because this is pure gold. Top five tips to get away with farting in public. And Kavika and I are going to help you guys out. That way you can let them rip. All right. That is what's on our schedule today. So why don't we start with the first one? Um, I don't have a drop for this debate thing, but we're just going to we're just going to make it up as we go. Can of spam debate. <laughs> All right, that was uh, that was fantastic. I guess I just we're gonna jump right in, Kavika. Cat versus dog. Where do you side? Ah, oh, man, this is the age-old debate, and I feel like there's there aren't any people that are like, yeah, I love both animals. You're either a cat or a dog person. I'm afraid Brett is gonna listen to this, and uh, we know he is not. He's a cat guy. He's a cat, cat guy man. through and cat through. Man do. But I don't think he dislikes dogs. <sighs> That's a good question. Do, I do feel cat like pe people dislike... I think dog people dislike cat people, but cat people do not dislike dog people. Yeah, they're like, dogs are fine, but I, I'd i rather have cats. Whereas dog right. people are like, I love dogs, and cats are the devil. Hmm. And that's where it's I stand. <laughs> it's true. That's exactly... I, I, yeah. I can't handle cats. Like, they're fine. I don't want to... It's not that I want to kill the cats. I just don't want them to be around me anymore. Yeah, and I think too that like I'm definitely a dog person. Um, there's just something about it that, I, for me, dogs. It, it's weird. It's a weird dynamic because dogs. If you just let them out of the house and let them run free, like they're gonna get run over by a car. They're gonna starve to death. Like they're not gonna be in good shape. And for some reason, I just love a dog way more, even though it's like a a less than capable animal. Whereas a cat, you let it out, it's it's fine. Like, that's its natural habitat. It's going to figure it out. But the moment that it changed for me was when I was a kid, my aunt had a cat. And I was in the house, and I was just petting the cat. My grandparents had dogs, so I just pet the dogs all the time. And I was like, well, it's a, it's, it's a house animal. I'm going to treat it similarly. So I just keep petting this cat. It rolls over on its stomach. And I'm like, oh, 
If it's a dog, I would rub the belly, right? So I'm just not rubbing it like aggressively, but I'm just stroking the belly, trying to pet it. And I think everything's great. I think everything's fine. Next thing you know, <laughs> it goes full Wolverine on me, ejects its claws from its paws and tears the crap out of my arm. And I was like, why? Everything was fine. I just wanted to love you. And you turned on me. You betrayed me. You, you betrayed me. You betrayed my trust. <laughs> did it claw on you like an octopus where you couldn't like shake it off? Uh, one of the claws did. Like the pinky claw on one side got stuck in my arm. And I, <laughs> I didn't want to punch it. But I didn't want to keep it in my arm. So I just like flailed around wiggling my arm all over the place to wiggle this damn thing off of my arm. And it was not pleasant. You know what cat people always tell me when they know I'm a dog person? They always say, you just haven't met the right cat. My cat, it's like a dog. It, it, they're just like dogs. You can pet them and why am I looking for a cat like a dog? <laughs> like I never understood that. If you, if you like a cat that acts like a dog, just get a dog. <laughs> That's exactly right. But have you ever encountered that? The cat people always tell you, you just haven't met the right cat or I, you need to meet my cat. I, I've actually met one cat that was very similar to a dog. Like it just sat in the house all day. And when he came home, it like walked up to the door and like greeted you. It didn't care if you pet it. And if you let it outside, it would like, I want back in and I want you to feed me. It acted exactly like a dog, but it was a cat, which I feel like is actually perfect because I think good. cats are pretty fluffy and cute. Like they're small. And if they need to take care of themselves, they can. I just don't like that. They're so bipolar. They yeah. can turn on you in an instant. I like the fact that you can have a cat and get those self feeder water timer food things and leave for like a month on vacation and come back and know it's okay. A dog would be dead on the couch. The thing is, I would argue and say cats probably smell worse than a dog. The only reason dogs smell bad is they just get in the stuff like trash, mud, stuff like that. But a cat, without it getting in anything, is just smellier. Because they actually, they don't bathe. They just lick themselves with their sandpaper tongue. And it's the really the litter box is what gets me. You can't unsmell the litter box. Unsmell the litter box. It's just in there forever. It stains the follicles of your nostril. The other thing is, like, cats are so particular. We're, we're about to get railed by every cat person that listens <laughs> know, to this podcast. <laughs> the thing is, Cat P, though, has a very distinct... Uh, you got to check out, listeners, our last episode when we drafted Worst Smells. Cat P was on my list. I didn't draft it, but Cat P is extremely smelly. On your cheat sheet? Yeah, on my cheat sheet. That's exactly right. I don't know if I've ever smelled Cat P. Don't. It's unbearable. And you can't get it. You basically, anything the cat pees on, you throw away. Your house, throw it away. <laughs> Burn it down to the ground. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a dog guy. I just love dogs. They're, they're more peppy. They lick you when they're happy. They're just, they're excited all the time. And like, there's no trust issues. <laughs> like, I'm not yep. scarred emotionally from my dog if he accidentally like claws at me while we're playing. It's expected. But a cat can just be like, we're fine. We're happy. Everything's calm. Everything's fine. And then <laughs> next thing you know, you have like scars on your face. Short temper those cats. Those little key cats. Yep. That's um, my stance. Yeah, you're right, man. I mean, the other thing is, have you ever heard of a skinless dog? Or I mean, uh, sorry. A hair, I, oh, that's so dumb. A hairless dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking of how, how all the skin is hanging off those hairless cats. Like Mr. Bigglesworth from Austin Powers, right? They don't make a hairless oh. dog, right? They don't make a hairless dog. <laughs> like in, in God's manufacturing facility. They're not right. pumping out hairless dogs. Have you ever pet petted a hairless cat? No. I've yeah, never a, had the is, urge. This is going to be a little crude, but I'm just going to tell you what to do right now. Just pet your ball sack, and there you go. <laughs> <laughs> not this guy's ball sack. I have no. <laughs> <laughs> you said hairless, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And and we're back, folks. All and right, here we are. Moving on. I think we've hit our uh, maximum grossness for that topic. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, oh boy, this is good. This is good. Why don't you take this one, Kavika? Okay, yeah, I'll break it down for all the rich dummies in the room. Listen up. Okay, this is our break it down segment, and we're going to take a game that is close to my heart, and we're going to take an aspect of it and bring it into real life. And that game was Warcraft 3. If you grew up in the 80s, Warcraft 3 was a PC game, strategy, RTS that was loved by all. That's not 80s, that's 90s. Sorry, I I misspoke. If you were born in the 80s, which Mm. means you would have played it in the 90s and 2000s. Um, But... The thing that made that game revolutionary was the heroes, and they had three different attributes. It was strength, speed, which was actually agility, and intelligence. And I want to see what these three attributes would do if we brought that into real life. Does that make sense? I love it. I'm excited. It's funny we're doing this because last night I had a dream that this quarantine was going on for so long, I regressed and started playing World of Warcraft again. And I was so behind all my friends playing because I just jumped back in and I needed to re-level my character. So I'm glad we're I'm glad we're talking about this. Yeah, so so um so the three attributes. Strength was correlated with like um obviously the strength, but also like the amount of health that you had. Agility was correlated with speed and the amount of, I guess, uh armor and resistance to damage. And then intelligence was associated with mana and casting power and and spells and stuff. So what would you choose if you had to choose one, like, attribute to train yourself in to increase above the others? See, this is such a good question because we're talking in, like, our real lives right now to date. Like, how right. could I use these abilities? So, my natural reaction is that I'm going to go full intelligence. That I just feel like that would help me overall in life right now currently to Help make me better. In what aspects? Yeah, so intelligence, I'm thinking, okay, I can now retain more information. So I don't think it necessarily just gives me the intelligence. I'm just smarter now. I think mm-hmm. it helps me to be a better studier, to be a better like communicator, mm-hmm. to be a better um, the way that I like also remember the information, the retainment of the mm-hmm. information. And I just feel like that would be extremely helpful in just our society because I already feel like, okay, like as far as strength is concern, concerned, I feel like I'm all right. Um, as far as like agility, I'm not that I'm not that fast. I'm not that kind of like crafty or already. So just getting more agility, it's it's like when you're already negative 100, now I'm just baseline. So <laughs> I feel like I would be well-rounded in the sense that I'd have good intelligence, great intelligence, but also my already okay strength. So I feel like that would really... I would really be lacking in the agility aspect, but I really like just the idea of um, the more intelligence, I think. Okay, okay, that makes sense. What what do what do you think, what aspect of your life with, do you think would most benefit from increased intelligence? Mm. I would say communication and mm. just as far as talking to people, right? Like, I think of, uh, if you ever played the game, this is so nerdy, Mass Effect. You yes. could um you could add points to like your dip your dip um oh my gosh I can't even say the word this is why I need more intelligence you become a diplomat so you're really good at like talking people into things and getting out of a situation and like bringing diplomacy. people together diplomacy thank you I'm like I got a diploma what you talking about diplomacy <laughs> but yeah so I just I just feel like. It, that's what I'm thinking when I'm thinking intelligence is just kind of a mix of all this good people skills. Maybe I have more of like a photographic style type memory. And then the fact that it gives you more ability to like cast more spells, right? You have more mana, mm. mana, whichever one you want to call it. Mm. And uh, I feel like that would be helpful in real life because now I have more of like a retainment. I'm just thinking right? More, a greater capacity to learn more in depth, like high level type things like engineering or like maybe now I can actually learn AutoCAD or something like that. Mm, mm-hmm. All right. All right. I got you. I got you, man. Well, that's okay. What, and that's, that's what you were going to pick. I know I stole it. It's very, very similar. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not, I'm just going to, I'm going to play, I'm going to play to the audience and make sure that they have some diversity in this show. So 
I would like intelligence, but you know what? I feel like I lean my natural um, abilities kind of lean towards agility and speed. I'm pretty strong for my size. I'm not the biggest dude ever. I'm about 180 pounds, 185, six foot. So I'm not super, super strong, but I'm pretty quick. I feel like I'm pretty quick. Um, ran track in high school, long jump and all that kind of stuff. And then I feel like my intelligence right now is okay. I feel like I'm, I'm mid-range, maybe upper mid-range or something like that. But I know my speed is is higher than average. And I feel like if I was to increase one of them, it would be the speed to just be like, through the roof because okay if i'm through the roof you, you ever played football and your coach always tells you speed kills that's mm-hmm. a thing mm. and i feel like in this in this day and age when i'm staying at home and the world's kind of going crazy i feel like there's a chance that we might end up hunting animals again <laughs> or diving for fish so i can swim super fast with a with a spear gun or i can run into the mountains and just like hog tie a pig with a lasso (laughs) (laughs) and take that home for dinner. Cause if let's face it, if, if the world goes to crap and I'm like the fastest guy on the planet, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty ahead of everybody and I can hold my own. Mm. So maybe it's not so much applicable in the world right now, but I don't know, man, it's a crazy time we're living in right now. I don't know. You got me wanting to pick strength now because the intelligence is good, but in the economy that you're building over here, strength would be really desirable. Right. To just be really strong, to be really, like, unaffected by things that, like, really affect other people. I'm also thinking, like, it'll give you mental fortitude. Actually, what you're saying is kind of like, I feel like if you get COVID-19, let's say it takes away 300 hit points. If I got a million hit points, 300 is nothing, buddy. Exactly. That's exactly right. <laughs> Hmm. I can get a cold. What is that? Ten hit points. Brush it off. Right. And then if it also from like a um, a helping perspective, if I have a lot of strength, I could just help people that are in need more. Because maybe I need to carry food to everyone, and I can carry all the foods. Right. Or Dude, whatever. The, um, I don't know. Have you seen the the TV show Alone on the History Channel? You know, you're like the fifth person that's like been mentioning that. I just listened to a guy who was on Rogan's podcast that won the show. Really? Mm-hmm. The show's pretty awesome. They, they, I mean, if, if you're listening and you're a spammer and you don't know what Alone is, it's a show on the History Channel, and they have, I think, five seasons out right now. But essentially, every season, they drop off a handful of people in a remote part of the world, um, and they, they can choose 10 items, and they have to survive longer than everybody else. If you win, you get half a million dollars. So um, they basically drop you off in there, and I'm watching these guys, and a lot of them... They either, well, some of them injure themselves and have to tap out. Some of them starve and they just can't handle the the starvation. And then some of them just really uh, miss social interactions. So I feel like a couple of them can be solved. Like the first two can be solved by strength, right? If you have a lot of strength and you have a lot of body mass, like you can survive on your fat fat reserves. Um. And then you can also like lift the huge heavy logs to build a really, really solid um, uh, log cabin or shelter or whatever. I feel like that's mm. a pretty good uh, attribute. But I, I wonder if, if I'm, are you burning too many calories? Do you need more calories? That's the thing that I've heard about these shows too is like, yeah, you build a sweet like shelter, but then you wasted so many calories doing that. That sometimes if you're stranded on like a desert island, it's better to do nothing and eat bugs than it is to like, do all these things, but then you lose morale. So it's well, like kind of hard. Yeah. Well, so the, the thing with the, um, the alone is they're usually in cold environments. So if you don't build a shelter that's going to keep you warm, you'll literally you'll die. die. Yeah. Hmm. You ever watch these shows and think, I could do that? Absolutely not. Not even oh. a little bit. <laughs> I could probably handle the alone aspect, um, but I could not fend for myself with the knowledge that I have right now. Maybe I think I increase my intelligence then I could. And then I'd just be hmm. average speed, average strength. But yeah, man, I don't I don't have the skills. Send me out there Maybe. with a fishing pole. I'll catch a few fish. But other than that, like, I'm probably getting eaten by a bear. Hmm. I Maybe I'm just like, I, I, I'd like to give it a shot. I would like to give it a shot. No, I think my downfall would be like, that looks like something I can eat. 
and then just have food poisoning and then tap out. Now, is that one of the items they bring as like a book on vegetation? No, a lot of them actually just have the knowledge. They're like survival teachers or experts that are like running classes or whatever. Some of them are herbologists. Herbologists? Hmm. That sounds naughty. Anyway, but, they know um, about herbs and plants. I was like herbivore, but that's what they call dinosaurs that are on plant-based diets. Uh, you, know, you know what I'm thinking about? I'm thinking about Harry Potter. I know. That is... Herbology. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we've established that we know nothing about this. That's good. I, I Anyway, I got to watch that show. Uh, that's good. all that I got to watch the show. It's very addictive. I like it. I was watching a lot of Wicked Tuna per your wife's recommendation. Oh, my God. But, I was um, dreaming of tuna for like weeks. Yeah. Couldn't sleep. I, I think I only got through like two and a half, three seasons so far, but it's it's pretty good. All right. Um, well, let's jump into the next thing. Speaking of just like surviving and making things work, I want to talk to you about a job that you oh, could is, have. This is just break it down version two. Break it down version two. Um, my mom actually sent me this article. It's a it's a company called Tushy, and they make a bidet. And you know, on this show here, we're all about that bidet life. We're about that life. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can make $10,000 in three months, and you're going to become the vice president of fecal matter, and your job is going to be to review and research competition, wiping habits, um, bidet habits, and you would then be responsible to interview others about their toilet use and produce video content for social media, and they're going to pay you $10,000. $10,000. For three months of work. That is peanuts. I mean, it could be depending on what you're eating like and your diet and things like that. Already digested peanuts. <laughs> but I was thinking about this job. One, it may not be that bad if you're not if you're just recording and logging your poops using the tushy and just interviewing people and posting on social media. I don't. I'm not looking at it as like my new full time job. I'm looking at it as like a supplemental type thing. So here's the thing. Coming from a content creator background and being a video guy, $10,000 over the course of three months, I think for any, I mean, if you project that out for an entire year, that's 40 grand. But the amount of content that you're creating for social media, social media by nature is having something to post just about every day. And okay. the amount of stuff that you would have to produce in three months to post something every day is an exorbitant amount of work. And the content of which is poop, which I know you love. Here's the thing, though, Kavika. Do you poop every day? I do. So do I. Gare's my content. Every day, I'm going to post the dump, and I'm going to video it going down the toilet. And I'm going to boomerang it every couple of days as well, just for fun. Yeah, if, if it's just me, I could probably manage. I probably have enough <laughs> content, quote-unquote, content. <laughs> to post every day but if i gotta go out and interview other people and like log their bowel movement habits get it log i see what you did there uh, that's good man <laughs> um yeah I, I that's too much work man it's true i think i think they're roping people in of like oh it's ten thousand bucks all you gotta do is poop and post but i think it's probably gonna be way more involved than that yeah, I'm a huge advocate of whenever you get a job like this, it's way more work than you think it's going to be. That's like my theme for life. It's harder than you think it is. One thing you're not considering, Kavika, the real, in the words of Nick, the real question is, they said this is a great resume builder. That's what it said in the article I read, that this is a great thing to add to your resume, that you are the vice president of a, a high-end luxury brand company. How's that sound? It definitely increased the brown point of your resume. <laughs> it does sound like, you know, I think you're right. It does sound like an absorbent amount of work. Um, it sounds kind of fun, though. You definitely would need that probe lens. There's a there's a camera lens that has a waterproof <laughs> tip, and it's like, I don't know, 18 inches long. And it, it's, it's like a, a rod. But you can get into things that you normally wouldn't be able to film. And it's a macro lens. So you can get really close up to them and still be in focus. <laughs> so I'd just be filming poop all day at like the most close up angles. And people will be like, what is that? And then you zoom out and you're like, oh my God. 
That's oh, poop. turd. <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking of, I just said, this is a little side, side uh, bar for a second. Someone, and I just it hit me. I've been meaning to ask you this. Someone said to me the other day, they're like, have you ever pooped and you got up and it's not there? <laughs> and I go, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, there's so many questions I have because one, no, that's never happened to me. And two, I had to really ask them, what do you, before I tell you what, what I think I mean, do you know what I'm talking about? I think I do. <laughs> Shall I try I, and explain it? Yeah, I would love that. <laughs> okay. So I can remember a couple of times when I've had like a, it, it's not the biggest poop in the world, but I know something came out. I heard it go bloop, and, uh, you know, I'm waiting to see if there's more and I'm like, well, I don't think there is. I think I'm good. So I wipe myself and I, I always put the toilet paper off to the side so that when I stand up, I can, I can view my work. You know, you always want to appreciate the work you've done every morning. So I stood up and I turned around and I looked and there was nothing there. I'm like, what the F is going on right now? I just pooped. There should be a turd and I should be able to appreciate my work right now. And I have nothing to show for it. And then I kind of like bent down a little and I could see the tip of the turd <laughs> sticking out from the little pipe. So when it, I pooped, it went straight like into the hole and, and like slid up like a reverse slide into the pipe. And it was like waiting, like waiting to be flushed, like right on the cusp of being flushed without me even flushing. It was hiding from me, this jerk of a turd. <laughs> You piece of crap. I call it the Houdini. The Houdini. The disappearing The act. Houdini. <laughs> that is the name of the episode. I Just was wanted to- pissed, man, because I was like, I uh, well, I can see you in there, but I, I can't appreciate you in your glory if I can just see the tip. <laughs> I literally oh, like shook the tank a little just so I could... <laughs> I'm like, I gotta see this thing. God must be hiding this from me for a reason. Because if I see it, it's going to be so glorious. It's going to change my life. And I'm not ready for that. I can't even get my thoughts together on right now because I can't stop laughing. I've never experienced this. But apparently that's exactly what it is. is I guess the... (laughs) I I guess like it comes out as one big log and just goes down the, the pipe before... You flush. Yeah, and so there's you, just enough friction to, like, keep it on the, the sliding part of the pipe. I call that a true hole-in-one. <laughs> the Poudini. The Poudini, yeah. So, okay, I guess it's a thing. I've never heard of it, never experienced it. I guess it, I'm just, I feel a little cheapened over here. I feel like I'm missing out. Ah, uh, you're not missing out. It's it, it, You feel like the world has taken something from you. Yeah. Do you, do you think that if two people align themselves on the same exact diet and intake of everything, that their bowel movements would be exactly the same? Absolutely not. Really? Because me and my wife would be pooping the same, and my poops are... I'm not going to get into it. They're different. <laughs> they're, they're definitely they're, different. Um, they're... Hmm, they're different. hairy. <laughs> <laughs> Uprooting that trees. Be, that's like um, I forget if it was a movie or what exactly it was, but it's like it, I either heard this from a movie or like from a someone told me they did this, but they had to go to the doctor and give like a poo sample. And I guess what you're supposed to do is you know poop and take like a, a Q-tip or something and just poke it in your turd and put it in the container. They pooped in the whole container and just. <laughs> <laughs> Fill it to the yellow line. <laughs> That's exactly right. And they just gave the whole thing to the the doctor or uh, the nurse, nurse or the collector. Do you have a spatula I can borrow? <laughs> a poop knife. <laughs> but uh, I always thought that would be a funny, like, um, either thing to do or, uh, you know, SNL sketch or something. That's a Yeah, that's a good prank. But what? anyway, back to the bidet thing. Um, so what if, so I poop every day. And I feel my I feel pretty fortunate for that fact. But I know a lot of people don't poop every day. And if you got to log your own bowel movements every day, 
I hope they got a partnership with Taco Bell so that that this person can make sure that they have a movement all the time. And there it is, guys. I swear to you, this isn't scripted. It, Taco Bell just comes up on every episode. Hashtag yeah, I, not yet a sponsor. <laughs> I think you're right, though. I think, like, what if you don't poop every day? Yeah. You got to have some physiological qualifications to apply for this job. The only thing I saw is you have to be 21 or older. Mm. So I don't know if there's a biological thing there that 21 and over year olds poop every day or I don't know what. So what else do you do at 21? You can drink. Mm. I guess is beer a diuretic or alcohol? Does that make you poop? I know it makes my poop look unhappy. Hmm. I don't know if that's yeah. a qualifier. I guess uh, most. I would say most people drink coffee when they're older than 21. It's true. I know coffee makes you have to make some movement happen. I have heard that, although I've never experienced it. The poo master is knocking on the door right after your first sip. I swear to you. <laughs> um. I, hey, I just wanted to share the article, though. I thought it was kind of funny. I wanted our viewers to know that I think um, – I forget the company. It's Tushy. Go Google it. Um, I don't know if the application period is over or not, but if you want to make ten grand by logging, interviewing others' logs and um, using this bidet, go for it. I'm all about it. And write in and let us know how it goes on our Twitter, Pod on Twitter. You know what? If I was in college or if I was like just out of college, I think this would be the perfect job for me or you. Yeah, I feel like I'm I'm not in the right life stage to make this work. Imagine um living in your parents' basement and them hassling you every day. You're graduated, get a job. I do have a job, and they're like that. That crap doesn't that crap doesn't count. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. (laughs) That's exactly what it is, Dad. (laughs) This crap literally counts. (laughs) So. Or, you know, you have one bathroom in the house and you're always in it and, you know, they're always knocking on the door. Just one more photo and I'll be out. You just got to install a baby monitor into the toilet. Dude, that is a that is a great idea, actually. I bet you could put a GoPro in the toilet and watch the plops. And just live stream it. A plop, a plop montage. <laughs> <laughs> Good <laughs> lord. So, all right, all let's right. get Before let's get we out lose of here. all of our listeners, let's move on. All right, um uh, you know, you had something happen to you the other day that has shaken me to the core. Right, <laughs> and I, I would like, love it. I feel like we're raising the expectations a <laughs> little too high for our, our viewers. <laughs> I it's all I've been thinking about, man. Why? Tell me why. Well, let's tell the story. All right. <laughs> so, I have to go, well, Actually, the Poopitarian headed over to my place because I had to give him his weightlifting belt because he's mm-hmm. such a strong MFer. He needs right. a belt. Uh, otherwise, he'll <laughs> shatter his back. But um, I go to my car. I grab my belt. And I press the down button. You grab my belt. Grab the belt. Your belt. And I press the down button to my elevator. I'm on the eighth floor. And I have to go, obviously, to the ground level. So I'm waiting for it. I'm looking at the belt, making sure that it's his because mine looks exactly like it. Just... A couple sizes smaller. Hmm. Um, You did it. You had to do it. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, I'm looking at the belt, and then I hear the ding, and then all of a sudden, after the ding, I hear this sobbing, like a crying. Not like a baby crying. It's like like a full-grown adult crying, like sobbing, with and it doesn't sound pretty. It sounds like an ugly cry. But because the elevator is in, like, this hall... And there's there's different corridors here and there. I can't tell where it's coming from. So I'm looking behind me. I'm looking to the side as I'm walking to the eleva- elevator. And I step into the elevator um, one foot in, like just past the threshold. And I realize that there's a lady in the elevator just behind where the, the buttons are. And I couldn't see her. But I'm, now I'm like halfway in the elevator and she is bawling her eyes out. Ugly crying like snot on the ground, everything. And I'm stuck in the middle. I'm like, oh, I'm already in the elevator. What do I do? And I realized she was trying to press the close button so that I wouldn't come in. Mm. So I'm just like, oh, oh God. I just bring my other foot into the elevator and the door closes and I just realize, I think I've made a huge mistake. Luckily though, she was getting off on the floor below me. 
I don't know where she was coming from. She wasn't coming from the garage. Well, I don't think she was because there's only one more garage floor above me. So she might have been coming from another room. But she got out of the elevator below me, left a trail of snot out of the elevator, and left me to go to deliver this belt to Nick with a million questions in my head. Now, the real question here, guys, <laughs> is, did I do the right thing by getting in the elevator? Was I too insensitive to stay in there? Should I have let it go? Was I justified in not knowing where this thing was coming from because she was hiding by the buttons? What is the deal here? And I realize I only have Nick to give me advice, but if you have advice, hit us up at Canispan Pod on Twitter. Let me know what you would have done and if I was wrong for joining her in the elevator for this obviously horrible moment of her life. Mm. Man, I don't I don't have the answers, man. I don't know what would have been the right thing to do. I will just tell you what I would have done. Um, and here's my issue, man. I dig myself in holes. There's times I'm doing things that I just should not have done because when things are awkward, sometimes I just lean into it and make things way worse. So... I think what I would have done is I would have had to say something and it may have been the wrong thing. I would have just been like, I'm so sorry. Is everything okay? Like, are are you okay? Is everything all right? Are you safe? Like, you know, I would have probably said something like that and it probably would have went horrible. Um, what I would have wanted to do would have been exactly what you did. Nothing. I would have tried to avoid it, tried to run away, not make eye contact. I would have did if I could do less than what you did, that's what I would want to do. But in my sickness that I have, Your I would have had my nickness. I would have had just to say something. I just would have had to do it. I can't. But, Im- like I literally, I was. I had my mask on, so you couldn't tell that my mouth was like constantly about to open <laughs> and say something. But every time I went to open my mouth, I had no idea what was going to come out of it, and I just ended up biting my tongue until she left. Yeah, And it wasn't enough time for me to like actually think of something worth saying because she got off on the floor immediately below me. But even as I was walking, you know, to the car to give you your belt, as I was walking back up to my condo, I was like, I still have no idea what I would have said. Yeah. And then you're also probably battling the sobbing. When do you, when you oh, either have no to gap. talk? There was no you, gap. Exactly. Was like, <laughs> <laughs> Like, and there's there no that, gap for me to enter and be like, are you okay? If if that was me, I would have probably asked her and she would have probably said something like, um, does it look of, like I'm okay? No, no, no. Like, like, uh, oh, we're out of ice cream. <laughs> you know, something very trivial in my opinion that she would have been worked up about and I would not know how to empathize with that. You know, just like, um, I, oh, I hit the wrong button. <laughs> That, that that happens sometimes. I'm sorry it happened to you. Yeah. I would never wish that on my worst enemy. <laughs> I, I guess my question is, I'm just curious. How did Jordan, I'm sure you told her the story. What, what did she say? You know, she's a lady. She has that perspective, right? She had no input whatsoever because it was just so like, I feel like it was just such an awkward situation. I don't know if there is a right course of action. Let, all right, let's ask this then. What if you and me were the sobbing people, what would you want in the elevator? Actually, if you put it that way, I would have wanted to be like, hey, get out of this elevator. I'm only going to the floor below me. Just leave me alone. I don't want to see anybody right now. So maybe I I should have backed out when I realized that she was actually in the elevator hiding in the corner. Yeah. I think, too, you know what I made if it was me crying like that? I would struggle with, okay, if I take the elevator, I may run into someone. So let me take the stairs, but that's going to stink because then if I'm crying in the stairwell, I don't know. It echoes throughout the entire building. Yeah, true. I just don't know. It sounds like she wasn't able to, you know, let's think about this again. Did she live in the apartment in the, in your building? I don't know. I mean, okay. if she was coming from a higher floor, she might have been like coming from somebody else's apartment. Mm. 
But okay, she got so off then, on the seventh floor, which means I feel like that's where her car was. So maybe she does live there. I'm just trying to think, why not just keep crying in the apartment before you leave? Get yourself together, then go. Yeah, I think she was leaving. Or she got in a fight with someone that she lives with. Can't stay in the apartment to cry, so she's running to her car quickly. Right. Hmm. But, okay, so the the one thing that I did think was, like, if I'm crying, I can hold it together for an elevator ride. Uh, that's just me, though. I don't, I don't know if everybody has that in them to just, like, bottle it up, wait till I get to the car, and then just break down in the car again. Mm. You know? Is that just Probably me, or have, have you... Do you feel like you have that ability? Yeah, I've been in both scenarios where I waited and then was able to, you know, cry. Mm-hmm. Or where it, it's been so hit me in waves, whatever the thing was. Like, if you've ever lost, like, a loved one or, like, mm-hmm. where sometimes it just hits you and you just can't undo it. But I feel like, yeah, I can control the ugly cry, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry you encountered is, that, yeah. but... I don't have the answer either, but I bet our listeners do. So write uh, us in at CanaSpamPod <laughs> on Twitter. And tell me how much sympathy you have for me for having to deal with this woman who had the indecency to cry in front of me and make everything so awkward. How dare her ruin how your day. How dare this woman. And now it's spilling over into the pod and into my life because now I'm thinking about it. Oh, God. So inconsiderate. Mm, Some people, people. sometimes. Well, I think this is a great <laughs> moment then, Kavika. To talk about how great we are. Awesome. Awesome. How much better we are than everyone else. Right. So I thought it would be kind That's of fun. That's not we humble bo- brag at all. <laughs> <laughs> we, both have, we both have had two accomplishments this past week. And I thought it would just be fun to put it to our listeners to say which one was more impressive. Okay. 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 So would you like to open with your, uh, with your less impressive story or should I open with the more impressive one? <laughs> I, I think I should lead with the less impressive story. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, I, you know, it's kind of funny. I think I would trade you stories, by the way. But go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So I went fishing uh, just this past Sunday um, out in Waianae. And me and my uh, father-in-law got there about 6 o'clock. And we threw our first couple poles out. And the third pole uh, my father-in-law threw out. And it's so funny because he's standing there and he's walking the pole back to the sand spike and he's trying to stick it in the sand spike. And I see the top of the pole just dip at like 90 degrees and he's still trying to stick it in the sand spike. And he's like, how come this thing is so hard to put in the sand spike? Like I let, I loosened the drag and everything, but he didn't realize that as soon as he threw it in the water, it had obviously gotten a strike and this fish was running and taking line. So he puts it in the sand spike because he, re- he finally realized that it was a fish on there. He's like, oh, go take it and I'll go grab the gaff. So I, I pick up the pole and I th- this fish, uh, it just runs to the right, probably like 40 yards. or 50. So I had to chase it down the reef and I turn around and he's like running with the gaff. And we don't know what's on the end of this thing, but I'm reeling it in. It, it takes line probably about four or five times. So it wasn't a super long fight because it wasn't a huge uh, fish, but um, maybe took about five or six minutes of fighting. Like I was sweating and tired at the end of it because it was kind of a smaller pole that we had this thing on. But I finally reeled it in and we had it at the edge of the reef and it kept taking line because it didn't want to come onto shore. And it finally washes up. I drag it up and my father-in-law gaffs it. And it's a 10-pound ulua. It's my first ulua that I've ever caught. Just made the cut. 10 of 10 pounds is 10.03 pounds on the scale that we put it on. And I was so proud of myself. And that is my humble brag for the moment. I just started fishing and I realized that this is probably a very spoiled season of fishing for me because I've been fishing and catching pretty often. And I don't expect this train of luck to continue throughout the year. So I have to figure out how to humble myself and realize that I'm not going to catch anything or I'm not going to catch something every single time I go. I'm it. First of all, can you play the applause? Because congratulations, Kavika. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Is there anyone you'd like to thank for this monumentous moment? I would like to st- thank my father-in-law because that man has taught me everything I know about fishing. Fishing in the last mm, two months, and I feel like I actually know what I'm doing. The man is Yoda of fishing and many other things. Um, is there anyone else you would like to thank? I would like to thank my wife for allowing me to take up fishing in this weird season. Because <laughs> I, I don't think with without fishing, I probably wouldn't be a, 
a sane person. So thank you for allowing me to do this and not shooting me down when I want to buy poles and, and lines and lead and a fish tank. I'm surprised we're not. <laughs> and a boat. And a and gun. A, and a charter. And a hunting license. <laughs> um, did, uh, oh, have you not wanted to make your own lead yet? I, see, that's the thing about living in a condo. I don't have anywhere to make the lead. Mm, true. Yeah, you can but, make it on your balcony probably and with like a burner. Yeah, I mean, it's too, th- there's too much stuff involved. They, they already have so many regulations of what you can and can't do on the balcony. You basically can't do anything. You can't even put food and furniture out there. Yeah, so you I don't know what the balcony live. is for. You can't live, man. Yeah. Well, hey, congratulations. I'm really excited about that. I'm very jealous. I would love to catch one of those. So that is quite a prized possession in our society here. Yeah, so I got the tail drying out. I'm going to varnish it. And then I have the jaw sitting in their backyard and all the ants are eating the extra meat off of it. So hopefully I can take those and put them in some trophy area. I like it. I like it. All right. All right, your turn. Well, I just want you guys to know... I just want you to know, some they say sometimes it's better to be lucky than good, and this was a case for me a few few days ago, maybe last week. Um, I was golfing, and I'm no, I'm not a good golfer. I'm okay. I'll hit some decent shots. If I hit under, you know, if I hit a hundred, I'll be happy. Under a hundred, I'm happy. But we played a course that's one of the hardest courses I've ever played. And on the North Shore, there's a course at Turtle Bay. They have two courses, the Fazio and the Arnold Palmer. The Arnold Palmer, I've never golfed before, but they had an incredible rate going on to draw in some business. So me and a few friends went, and we decided to play the Arnold Palmer. Um, and I knew when I heard the first ping of my driver hit on the first hole, that things were coming together. It's, it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Uh, and it's a it's it's one of the more difficult courses that I played. The par is a 72. It's developed and designed by Arnold Palmer himself. And there's just sand bunkers everywhere. There's one hole that's elevated and it's surrounded by at least 20 to 30 sand bunkers. It just looks like a a, um, a wedge of cheese. How many holes and bunkers there there were on that hole? Anyway, I shot a 90. And I'm extremely happy about that. Like, (laughs) thank you, thank you. Oh, stop it, guys. So, anyway, this is my humble brag that I can't believe I shot a 90. And I told my friend, who's a really good golfer, our mutual friend, Jacob. And uh, I told him, hey, I shot a 90. And his response was, if you did it once, you can do it again. Basically, I don't believe you. We need to go. Now I'm afraid. I haven't golfed since. I may never golf again, I'm thinking. Um, the best I ever shot, I shot at 83 once, but the course I think was, I forget what the par was on the course, but this is more impressive than that based on the difficulty of the course. And um, man, I just hit some really great shots. Really happy with it. Went really well. So that's my humble brag. So I, I can totally understand the dangers of shooting a good game of golf and then having that in the back of your mind anytime you decide to go golf again. Because now... You have the expectation that I'm a good golfer. And if you're like me, you can have a good day of golf. And then the next time you go golfing, you literally feel like you don't know how to operate your arms. Yep. The next hundred times of golfing. Yes, exactly. Which is very much like fishing. You might this catch something and then you might not catch something for another hundred days. But uh, the frustration that sets in when you don't have a good day after you know that you're capable of doing something like that. And that's why every time I go golf, I try my best to have a low expectation. So I feel sorry for you, Nick. I pity Mm. you because you won't be able to enjoy golfing again until you reach that, that 90 mark every single time and consistently. Or I have gained so much confidence that I now know what I'm capable of. It's true. The, your tee shot on a hole can set the whole tone for the hole and gives you so much more confidence if you hit a good tee shot. Or if you can, because um, if you hit a really bad one, it just really ruins the hole in a lot of ways. So it's that mental fortitude that you need to have, knowing even if you hit a bad shot, you can still make do with it. Make do do with it. 
McDeedoo. This leads us into our next excellent advice. Uh, so what we're going to do, we'll put that on Twitter and just do a simple vote of uh, maybe not what's more impressive because they're completely different things, but who do you want to vote to win the Humble Brag Award this week? Perfect. Hit us up, can of spam pod on Twitter. And I may vote for Kavika. I'm just saying, usually I vote for myself, but I'm impressed with this Alua that he called. You know what? So we'll, congratulations. We'll, we'll vote for each other. Definitely, I'll vote for myself if you say that. <laughs> I see you have found a sacred peach tree of heavenly wisdom. All right, so we have reached the final segment of this episode. We have a words of wisdom, and what we're going to do here is a little bit different than we usually have. Uh, we usually do a draft, but we thought we'd just do something fun back and forth between Nick and I. So we are each going to give five tips on how to get away with farting in public. And as the resident poop master of this podcast, I will... I will... um refer to you for our first piece of advice. I'm glad you're doing that. And remember, this is a team effort, listeners. We are going to give you the best five tips collectively. Um, The first one I want to go with is if you really need to lay one in public, the first thing I would probably recommend, there's two trains of thoughts here. And this one is dangerous. The, the, The go and hide somewhere and let one is a safe pick. But... If someone catches wind of that when you're hiding behind the bread aisle, they know it's you. So what I would like to suggest is find a highly populated area at the grocery store or in public. And you kind of have an idea if it's silent or not. And even if it's not, I still say go this route. But rip one in the populated area as you're moving. That way, and you kind of, when you start smelling it yourself, look around a little like, hmm. You know, like, what is that? That would be my first suggestion is you're going to create panic and confusion by farting around everyone else. That way, no one really knows whose it is. Mm. And you can easily pawn it off on someone. So that's my first tip is fart in public in the populated area, as in to pawn it off on someone else and to contribute to in the disgust. And you may even say, sometimes I've done this. I farted and I go, what is that? <laughs> right? As in to lay the decoy, if you will. Self-decrimination. <laughs> that's exactly right. So that's my first tip. All right. That is a great tip. I definitely have done that before. I've definitely played the role of, I don't know where that came from. Are you smelling that too? Is it just me? But my tip is going to be uh, more along the stealthy road. Um Because the one thing that I don't want to happen if I'm farting in public, I don't want it to be an audible fart. So Mm. if I'm farting in public and I absolutely have to, my first tip is find any reason to put your foot up Mm. and spread them cheeks just enough. Now, there is a balance. If you stand straight up and you fart, chances are it's going to make a noise. If you lift your leg too high, like Morgan, Captain Morgan, that kind of does create a little bit more pressure too. So you have to find a nice middle ground, like a curb. Maybe you got to tie your shoe, but that will spread the cheeks just enough so that the fart will seep out slowly without creating the dreaded ripple of the butt cheeks Mm. and the subsequent sound that is accompanied by that. So isolate and get positioning. Isolate, get positioning, and find any reason to lift up that leg that looks natural. Tie your shoe, go go smell a flower, step up, or maybe you got maybe 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 there's something on the bottom of my shoe. Oh, maybe I should check. That's a good tip. Anything like that. Okay, that's a really good tip, actually. I like that. I like I've done that before too. You just lean just the right way and you squeak it out and then just Yep, I like it. That's the one. And I got so many tips I could give because it just kind of depends. The next one I'm just gonna say is Okay, for this one, let it rip. <laughs> In this scenario, what I'm saying is is go to where it's a little isolated and just get it all out of you as fast as possible and then leave as quickly as so flee the scene. Commit the murder, commit the crime, and flee the scene and do not return. That's the biggest thing. You're going to want to check and see if anyone said anything or knows and see if it's caused a commotion. But if you're down a grocery aisle by yourself, 
in the grocery. I'm just saying grocery store mainly in public, but there's a lot of public scenarios. Or like if you're at a concert and it's loud and no one can hear anything anyway, I'll just let them rip. Louder the better. Doesn't matter. <laughs> but just flee the scene. So I just say lean into it. Let it fly. And you know what? If someone finds out, whatever. You ain't going to see him again. Just let it fly. It's not going to be as bad as you think. Because everybody farts. It's right. not as embarrassing as you might experience. Yeah. And if your wife is near you, you can easily say, babe. Come on. Just blame, purely blaming on her. It's, it's a lot easier if she's pregnant, too, because then she's expected to yep. not just give birth, but also fart all the time. That's right. That's right. <laughs> So that's my that's my other tip is just sometimes right. you just Lean let it, it fly. Lean into it. All right. Um, okay. So building on my last um, piece of advice, which is uh, find any reason to lift up that leg so you can squeak one out silently. Um, the second part of that is if you do squeak one out and you, you, you have a successful non-audible fart, sometimes you don't have to worry about it. And it's very comforting to know that if you did let one out and it doesn't stink, then there's nothing to worry about. So after you uh, lift that leg up, maybe uh, maybe you uh, check to see if your shoe's untied. and uh, Or maybe you, you got to stretch a little just to get your head in that same plane as your butt and see if there's actually something to worry about. And if your, your eyes turn red, then obviously you know you have a panic situation. And you can start planning for the next phase of de-incrimination. Decrimination. Yeah, that's right. Decrimination. <laughs> the next phase of decrimination. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's it's a multiple step process. I think that's good. That's wise. That's clever. Been there. I mean, we've all been there, right? Smelling our own farts. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah you know I what? Mean, Sometimes it smells great and you're like, guys, I've done everybody in this elevator a favor. Does it smell yeah. like popcorn in here? Well, the other thing too is when you smell it and you, and you know you're like, that definitely is what I ate last night. 100%. <laughs> it, I get enjoyment out of that. Just, uh, you know, open up your palates and just enjoy on the house. Yep. That's disgusting. I'm that up. Is absolutely <laughs> appalling. On the house. <laughs> All right. Um, this is, I'll just say it. And then you can tell me if it doesn't count. Just hold it in. Sometimes just squeezing your cheeks as hard as you can, not moving and just holding it in. It will reverberate back into you. And hey, you may burp. I don't know. But a burp is more acceptable than a fart. So sometimes I will just squeeze my cheeks as hard as I can and just hold it in. And then I kind of don't have the part in, fart in public. But I know sort of the, you know, the, the vein of it is how do you get away with farting in public? But I still think this is valid. That's perfect. That's perfect. The only, the only scary thing that I know a lot of people are worried about is uh, if that gas has been in your rectum and then it decides to pass through your mouth, it is contaminated. Yeah, it's like eating your butt. You can give somebody pink eye with a burp. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I might have just made that up. Okay. You could imagine burping out a kernel of corn and knowing what happened. Okay, my third piece of advice for farting in public. You know, oh, sometimes... I'm sorry, we're doing five total together, right? Or oh, five each. I definitely don't have five each. I was thinking just uh, cumulative five. Let's do three each. Okay, this will be my good. last one. Sounds good. All right, so my I guess my final piece of advice, just pull the Peter Griffin. Pull the Peter Griffin. If you watch Family Guy, you know that Peter is an expert at disguising farts. He was sitting in class, and the teacher asked him, Peter, do you have something to add? And he's like, nope. No. Nope. <laughs> so you just disguise the fart sound, because sometimes you just can't control that there's, there's going to be some sounds coming out. And you just distract people with a louder sound. That's really good, actually. You 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 uh, you check your phone. Maybe maybe you uh, decide to play some music for a couple seconds. Maybe you sneeze. Sneezing is a good one because it creates internal pressure, so you can force the fart out. And then you make a sound with your face that's louder than a fart. The only danger with that one is sometimes it's too much pressure, and if you have to poop, sometimes you get some meat. But. <laughs> A little meat and potatoes but, never hurt anyone. Sometimes you got to risk it for the biscuit, the brown biscuit. <laughs> that's true. Hey, that's a good one. I've done that before. Make a sound or some commotion to kind of cover it. That's a good, great Clear idea. Clear your throat. Clearing your throat is a good one. 
Mm-hmm. It's easy. Mm. Everybody clears their throat. All right. Is that it? Is that all we have for the spammers today? Wait, did I get, I gave three already, right? Yeah. You went first. Good. Yeah. I think that's, um, Do you have a bonus bonus. I guess would be just to try and crop dust. Just be on the move, run mm-hmm. and gun on the move bonus. So be on the move, spread it out, disperse your fart smell over a large portion of area. That's called dynamic equilibrium. I like it. <laughs> I like the sophisticatedness of it. And I think uh, I think my bonus would just be, uh, you know, if you if you have to fart and you you know there's something smelly in the area, just go fart by the something smelly. There's like a trash it. can, just fart by the trash can. Easy. That is, re- I like that. Or just find a Taco Bell and just rip them in there because people will just think it's the cooking of everything else. <laughs> That's perfect. All right, that is the end of this incredible episode of the duo of the Canaspam podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Hit us up at Canaspam Pod on Twitter. Leave us uh, leave us some comments on who you think had the best uh, humble brag. If you haven't already, leave us a review on on the listening app of your choice. Five stars. It's the only button that works, so don't bother with the other two. We don't want anybody wasting time here. This is in the interest of you. It's in the interest of us. Just take my advice and hit the five stars and say something nice about our podcast. So thank you again for listening. Thank you for joining me, my co-host, Poopitarian. Thanks for having me. Love you guys. And we will catch you guys next time. Shoots. Later.